1: Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first.
2: ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Drivers' responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times.
0: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
3: Hello and welcome to the No Name Never podcast. I'm your host Natalie Bromley and this is the analysis show. We are bringing you immediate reaction to that draw at home against Fulham at the weekend, a difficult first half for the Clarets, and a very difficult and slightly awkward uh, half-time reception from a selection of the fans for our boys, but a turnaround in the second half, debuts for our three new signings, home debut for Fafana, and uh, a point rescue, two goals, uh, very much capitalising on some uh, naivety and mistakes from Fulham, um, of poor Fulham side who cannot seem to be able to get a win at Turf Moor. We look at what went wrong in that first half. We look at what the clarets need to do to improve. We question where the leadership is on the pitch and whether or not I'm doing it maybe needs a rest. Who starts, who gets dropped, and is the manager under pressure? I'm joined by our regular panellists Rich Steele and Robert Kopak. Let's go. Here we are then. Rich Robert, our regular panellists have joined me this evening for this week's analysis show. After a Pretty miserable afternoon at Turf Moor. The Clarets, uh, I keep wanting to say lose because it did feel like a loss, but they did manage to claw a point back against Fulham, a side that unfortunately just cannot seem to get themselves a result, a win at Turf Moor. Uh, you've got a feel for them in something like 51 games, as we know from Dave's preview show. Um, a point rescued at the end um, to bring some relief to the Clarets fans at the ground, but masked an awful lot. Um, let's get going. We're gonna have a look over some key talking points from the game. Uh welcome Rich. Welcome Robbie. How are we both?
4: Yeah, cool, thank you.
3: Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Good. Rich, come on. Let's start with, let's get this one out of the way because we all know, we all saw it, The we've got we're pretty clear at known and ever as a team. We don't boo the team, we just as as Fans, it's just not something that we choose to do. But it's been a long time since I heard the volume of booze that met the players and the manager leaving turf after half time. I very much can understand why. um Pretty abysmal first half display. Talk us through it.
4: Yeah, the first half just went from bad to worse, didn't it? I thought we actually started quite well the first 10 minutes. Yeah. We knocked the ball around a little bit. And I think been a pattern this season. We can start games well and if we concede a goal or we get on the back foot a little bit, we find it really difficult to turn it around and we conceded two poor goals, which I'm so, which I'm sure we'll dissect a little bit more later. And uh, yeah, the first half was just it it was very flat. Um I can't remember who it was in the WhatsApp group. I think it might have been George who used a great word it was insipid. It, it was, was George. Insipid, <laughs> yeah, it was a very insipid half. Um yeah I'm I'm not one to boo. I don't listen but at the same time, it's just people's frustrations, you know, we, you know, we go to the turf, you know, I, I always enjoy going to the turf, I'll, you know, I'll always continue to go on, you know, I en- I enjoy the day out as well as much as anything, I enjoy seeing people, you know, win, win lose or draw, um, but at the moment, you know, you, you can't blame people for turning a little bit, it's, uh, as amazing as last season was, um, it's, a, it's just a shame it's gone down downhill, um, like it, like it has done, and you know we've got four point, uh, sorry, five points from home all season. I we've definitely got the worst record in the Premier League. I, I I imagine we've got the worst home record in the Football League uh, points per game, and uh, yeah, you know the players are just playing, you know, and are not playing with a lot of confidence. I think Company got the team selection wrong when I seen that. Yes, you know Ramsey, I'm doing it. is kind of your front three. Odderber's listen, mm-hmm. a talented player, but. You know, there's, where's the fight? Where's the battle in that? It goes back to what I was saying on the last podcast I did. And, you know, Br- Brown, will tr- Brown knows what he is, but he's not good enough for the Premier League. Um, He's a no. bit chicken rush at, at times. And we're just, we're just lacking a lot of quality. We're, we're lacking quality. We're lacking confidence in the team. Company looked completely dejected before we got that equaliser. I noticed he was slumped. In his chair, and then he got back up again. I think he's he's not learning from mistakes, especially at home. And you know, at least we got back into the game. But I can't say it was. You know, I put it this way. I, you know, when you normally equalise in the last minute, you know, you give it a lot of beans, don't you? Celebrating and and it, you didn't really get that reaction and that vibe. And I was expecting to see Twitter quite. You know, oh great, we've got a goal, bloody blah. But I think people are realizing that 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 just papers over the cracks, and yeah, the reality kicks in. And you know, you got Liverpool and Arsenal next, and I'm thinking, why have I bought a ticket for Anfield? But there we go.
3: <laughs> good for you. I mean, I think I think good on you. Sorry, not good for you. That's not good for you at all. Good on you. Sorry, wrong terminology there. Um, yeah, there's a few few points there that are worth picking up on, and I think yeah, I agree with you. I do booing the teams a difficult one because how else do you vocalize that displeasure you know it's it's quite an aggressive and it's quite a uh, you know it's not a pleasant thing to have to do but the you know this is a mass crowd of people. how else do they physically get their point across that that just simply wasn't good enough um the team selection was very odd and also as well out of the two central midfielders, having Sander Burge being the one that was trying to cover defensively and Brown are the one going forward. I was just like, hang on, surely, if anything, that should be the other way around. Sander Burge has just looked so comfortable going forward and has caused us a t- um, really good um, problems against some sides. Um, Robbie, I mean, listen, let, let, let's do this because we are on with this, this half now, so we may as well do it now. Let's talk about those two goals. Um, the first one... Obviously, from a corner, like it's getting embarrassing now. Just how poor we are at defending set pieces.
5: Well, we got away with one just uh, literally two, three minutes beforehand. Uh, we had a corner, literally on the other side, right. and yeah. set in, and they got a runner on that front post. We managed to half clear it. It was a little bit scruffy, um, and then they get they, then they get a second corner, and yeah, you knew full well as soon as you started, Mike might trap I said to my dad, I was like, here it is, one 1-0 straight away.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and he
5: went in. And I was like, "Oh, just watch Go this Now it'll be two 0 in five ten minutes. And the second one went. And the second goal was just the second goal is embarrassing. Just embarrassing. Um,
3: yeah, I mean, a lot of people were suggesting that that James Trafford does get bullied off, uh, particularly in yeah. set pieces, quite comfortably. But actually, when you look it back, there was zero protection for him either from any of his defenders. They left him completely exposed. And I've got some sympathy for him there.
5: Yeah, it happens every time. There's a yeah, yeah. Two opposition players on him. are it's usually like Bettini or something trying to like break it up a little bit, but he's tiny. I could probably do a better effort in terms of <laughs> pushing someone off. You know, a big unit like me. Who knows? But, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's uh, that. you just you just you just literally saw it coming, and I think that's what the frustration the frustration comes from is that you know full well how a game's going to go. Is that uh, Richard sort of pointed out on his uh, when he was uh discussing it then, but we always look a decent side at 0-0 But I think our press looks yeah. good. I think we, you can see us. We have like nice little patterns. We pass it around nicely, and it's like oh really. And then I fall into this trap, and I go I think oh, but yeah we look a good side, and then we can't see the shit goal, and I go oh no there it is there it is, and yeah. I fall for it every time. Our awful. And then I just get frustrated at myself, and then we see that awful second
3: goal. And then it's like I just want to yeah, go home now. Second goal, yeah. We'll we'll come on to that. I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to our technical expert on on the podcast I ask him these questions. Um, what I mean in our untrained technical brain, does that is that a good enough assessment of what's going wrong with these set pieces? Is it more that defenders need to give him more protection? Is there something else that Trafford should or can be doing? Like it shouldn't be that easy for for any Premier League side to just easily score off a corner?
4: I think you look at the corner and I think a lot of goalkeepers now struggle to command their area. Yeah. You know, you have seen uh, Vicario, the, the, the Spurs goalkeeper, you know, Everton scored two yeah. set pieces. Um, I think what's happened is in football a little bit, I think goalkeepers have got that overprotected. They're actually, they've actually become weak, weaker and, you know, they've become less physical coming out defending their area but, you look at the goal we conceded and we you know, we we mark with a zonal marking structure, which, don't get me wrong, other teams do. And we don't do man marking. So that what means is somebody like Paulinho, who's in the middle of the box, think he pulls off Trafford, comes to the near post and headers it in. It means you've not got one of your centre-halves marking him because he's done that movement. I think Odeber was the player who was the nearest. Yeah. It's like Robbie well, said, you know, it's not Petir, it wasn't fatigue, but it, it was Odeberg. And you're like, well...
3: And no, yeah, they're got... not good enough to be defending no, these but, but
4: that's just... The... But well, that's the structure, so that's on the manager and this set piece coach is to have that zonal marking, and then you're looking at where's the lack of leaders. It's a bit like, well, I'm going to stay in my zone, so if he scores, it's not my fault. Yeah. It's like nobody, and, and then there's no leaders, so nobody takes control of it, and it and a lot of our issues at the back go back to what I remember doing a, uh, you know, a bit of a technical piece with you on the after the Aston Villa game about that yes. high line that we played and away from home, we seem we're Willing a little bit more to be a bit deeper. But then, like, even against City, it was like we play a high line with Dal and the O'Shea centre-half, and they play a ball over the top. Eddal doesn't win it first time, and they go and score. And exactly the same. So, in the build-up to the corner, we got done with a ball over the top. Yeah. Yeah, don't get me wrong. The second goal was a bit of a, you know, it's just a bit of a punt-up forward. But when you play that high line with defenders who aren't quick, and then you yeah. got Vitinho. Who's just playing them all on side because he's ball watching, and then you've got Trafford who's not coming out commanding the uh, uh you know, you know, um, almost um sweep sweeping up. So if you play a high line, you need your goalkeeper to be alert and sweep yeah. up the danger. Mm-hmm. And it just became a catalogue of errors. Like what what I don't understand is Robbie's absolutely spot on. We play these nice patterns of football, and you get lured you know, learning to think we're a decent side. But I'd rather just be a little bit more pragmatic in, in games for the first 20, mm-hmm. 30 minutes. Just got to me a really simple thing that we could do to make us better is just drop twenty yards. Yeah. Just just drop twenty yards. You know, don't worry about trying to catch people offside or trying to play this high line or this mad high press. Drop twenty yards, protect your goal a little bit better, give Trafford a bit more protection, and then build on the game from there. Yeah. Because then what happens when we go (laughs) one nil down? We do nothing. We don't defend our. We don't go and defend a bit deep. We don't go and press properly. So we just end up with this of players just scattered around the pitch, not actually doing and nobody anything.
3: knows what to do. And we've seen it all so that season. Comes from,
4: so this is where people go, and it's a really hard one with, with, with company. And, and I'm not saying we're going to be like company out on this podcast, because I don't think we should, we can get into it if we want to, but we will. <laughs> people go, well, it's this five-year plan. But I'm like, do we actually want company when we go back to the, if we go back to the Premier League? because asked the on Twitter. He's not learning his lessons and all that his basic stuff what he's not doing in terms of defending. Yeah. And we'll exactly the same process will happen again. We might go back up, beat everybody because the championship's rubbish and we'll have better players. But then he won't be willing to change his philosophy to try and win points for Burnley. If he's still with so us. this is where I am at with this five year plan. If he man if he continues to manage this way for Burnley Football Club, we will not get points in the Premier League because no. we're not good enough
3: no, to, I agree. I've been pretty patient with that this season on the grounds that I've always thought that if you wanted to hire a manager who's got zero Premier League managerial experience, you can't then sack him in his first season when he doesn't get it right. I do agree with you. I'm highly frustrated by the lack of lessons that seem to be being learned here. And the when I have my less rational moments, we've talked a lot about... Vincent Company protecting his brand rather than doing what's the best for the team. And you're not a manager of a club that you can play roulette with. Do you know what I mean? It's like this is really important to us and we won't necessarily get all the shots in the world to try and get back in the Premier League. Um, I pose that very same question on Twitter. If, you know, next season is going to be great and, you know, Vincent Company's is really, really, really good. If he's still with us, uh, you know what if somebody comes in for him in the summer? We've talked on the uh, in in our group messages offline about Premier League chairman not necessarily being too results focused. They look at style of play because that's more important when they come and bring a manager in. Um, probably why Sean Dash was never talked about in under top jobs, despite the ridiculous results and the the job that he did, because he played football that people didn't want. So the reverse of that may very well be true that Vincent Kompany shocking results in this league. But there'll be some Premier League managers who, uh, sorry, Premier League chairman who are like, but he brings this style of football. We'll be better than Burnley. We'll get him in there. If he doesn't spend next season with us at the championship because not through our doing, I will be utterly furious that we basically gave him a free pass at our expense to learn how to be, or not in some cases, a Premier League referee, and he bails at the first opportunity. I will be furious. Um. With that in mind, I'm going to go back to Robbie now. Is Vincent Company under pressure, and if not, why not? Sorry to throw that
1: grenade I at you. Think,
3: <laughs> I,
5: I, I think he's under pressure internally from us because I think we're all a little fans, bit frustrated. Yeah. I think because we're all straight at the squad overhaul more than anything else. I think we're all feel. I sort of I mentioned it in the WhatsApp group earlier that if it's the group that got us promoted last season. In this same situation, I think a lot of us have been stick by it, and I think a lot of us yeah. stick by company, but I think a lot of us are frustrated with Alan Pace, the recruitment, the, every, everyone has started with a football club in terms of who thought it was a smart idea to absolutely free, freeze out Pona Roberts, Zorori, Benson, Murich, Josh Cullen played the year last year, yeah. didn't get a sniff anymore. Um,
3: yeah, yeah and then, I, I yeah. think... Not
5: yet. I think it's yeah. I just think it's all of that that's rolled into one and when you have a squad that no one's connected with because there's yeah. a bunch of new... You could tell it's a new group just that haven't gelled. And no. it reminds me of um, Forrest earlier last year when he brought in 20 new players and they were bottom in the Premier League for a while. Steve Cooper's under pressure and it feels a little bit like that. But I think because... Alan Pace, you know, he, he goes on record all the time to talk about how much he loves Vincent Company. And last year with Forrest, it was the chairman and Steve Cooper didn't get on. So there's always rumours circulating that Cooper was always going to get sacked. I think at this time, it's the other way around. I think that Pace and the club just absolutely love Vincent Company to bits. And something that Matt Williams said on uh, an interview with Radio lecture about our January recruitment is that he said that Vincent Company is like a really good salesman. So maybe he is under pressure internally for Alan Pace, but he uses these all these posh words, he's, you know, glosses everything going, yeah, it's really good, blah, 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 blah. But really,
4: it's We're
5: rubbish. It shit. is, yeah, it's, it's, it's
3: awful. I think this is the thing that's bothering me more than anything. And it's a really difficult balance because you've got to try and stay positive and you've got to try and get the fans behind you. And we don't want to be a club that becomes unstable in terms of managerial recruitment. We don't we don't know what a plan would be, given how much we've invested in company and his okay. players and his style of play and the overhaul from all the way through the club. Then if, that, if it is a genuine five-year plan that's going to work, then fine. We're prepared to commit to that and we're prepared to support you through it. But there has to be some things coming back our way. I think the communication between Vincent Company and his fans is poor at the moment. I get that he's hurting. I get this is not pleasant for him. I get that his first Premier League season isn't anywhere near what he wanted it to be. Um he'll be embarrassed maybe professionally a little bit with it with some of the people looking at him. Um but ultimately he needs to he needs to get that connection back with us that he had last season because we haven't got it with the players. We mm. we have got basically we we got to the end of last season where we had an incredible season with a group of players that we all gelled with Vincent company we were one family and then he just ripped it all up and started again and because we started at a losing streak and just didn't win for about seven yeah. games it, and then the, the the team was rotating every single game yeah. and also as well rich you I think I mentioned this in in the chat before the, the 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 players that he's brought in don't seem to be part of the community they don't seem to be part of the fans and i was looking at some of the instagram posts from the players at the weekend and it's just paid for pr let's yeah. keep going with those results or week and i'm just like i'm sick of hearing we go again if i hear in company we trust or we go again one more time i'm gonna lose it, it everything think, feels disconnected
4: i think on that what do you expect the, I'm, I'm gonna listen what do you expect the players to do expect the players to come on Instagram and go, we're, we're, "We're rubbish. We're not very good. I don't like the manager." Like it's not going to happen. No, I don't it's, expect it's, it's that. It's a game. Yeah. It's like no, every that. single foot professional football club, and not even rugby club or cricket club. They don't they they don't they're, they're told what to put on. And it's just I I maybe it's you were different.
3: Though. There's no emotion in it. Maybe
4: you different to me on that. I don't I don't I'm I'm not in that world. You know I'm in a world of coaching and teaching and stuff. Sure. I, you know so, so I don't. I could not care less what Josh Brown puts on Twitter or on Instagram. I don't care. It doesn't bother me one way or another. It's, what, what bothers me is what goes on on the pitch. Um, and so how can you, you get
3: that connection then, Rich, when the pitch?
4: I'm winning games.
3: Simply. They're not going to do that. They're not good enough. So how well, do we fine. get. But it
4: don't make them. But well, you're not going gonna... to. You... Why do we go watching Burnley? Why, why, why do that we go... all the. <laughs> Well, we yeah, don't, like the, we yeah. understand as Burnley fans, we're not going to win every game in the Premier League, but we want to win football matches. And if you're not winning, you're not going to be happy. And if you are winning, you're going to be happy. It's, it's mm-hmm. just to me, it's, you're not going to be connected. I, I, I don't. It's an interesting one. Like, I completely understand what what you're saying Like I feel disengaged in the club. I feel disengaged to the players. And I'm like, well, How I'm not Josh. Bra- I'm not married to Josh Brown like, I'm not married. You know, I don't. I don't really care about. It, I just want to see a team who fights and who understands... Which we're not seeing. What it's about, which we're not seeing. And I think you're not going to be... Let, let, let's say that group of players come in and Zaruri wasn't very good at Benson. You know, you wouldn't feel a connection to them. It's all about winning games, isn't it? So, and all of a sudden, when you win a game, you know, all of a sudden, oh, it's great, Amdun coming into it now. I oh, he played really well against Sheffield United. And we all of a sudden feel a connection now to Foster because he's been playing playing really well, where we didn't last season. So, I think as football fans... You, you create a, ke- a connection by by winning and I don't I don't blame a young player coming in like it's, it's hard like you've got a young lad say I say I'm doing it right he's a young player who's coming from he's played for Basel in Switzerland which is light years off the Premier League you know yeah. we we've paid we've, we've paid all right money for him and he's a good player it's not quite working out you, you know you can tell the lad's struggling a little bit. It's not Anduni's fault, is it? You know, and and no, so I don't, of course not. So when we, so when you're saying you want a connection to the players, what more would you want the players to do? This is where like, do you want them to come on? Would you, would you prefer it if somebody like Anduni came on Twitter and started blasting the manager and started blasting the club? We're not doing this right. We're not doing that right. If he was actually more honest, or so I don't think it's it's not necessarily
3: the well, it's not necessarily the that. I'm not looking for that kind of reaction. It was more of a point that everything, everything, and not just the players, but everything at the moment from the club feels very... you know what, though? ...robotic and Manufactured.
4: Cold. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Manufactured. That's, well, that's how modern football is. It is. Mm-hmm. It's a manufactured brand. The yeah. Premier League is a manufactured brand. It's Which doesn't sit money. with Burnley, does it? It's driven by it? stats. Mm-hmm. It's driven by analytics. We've signed yeah. all these lads from the computer... Um, no, it's
3: all right. This is the problem. And the okay. one thing
4: a computer doesn't show is somebody's heart and the passion and the desire they've got. Like, I showed, like, Robbie said this to me. And I, not that I disagreed with, but it's like, I was like, well, Oduber's not tracking back. And it's like, well, his job's not to do that. But I'm like, just run Can and be. press a player. I know yeah, it's a bit yeah. Roy Keenish. Mm-hmm. But go like Brun Larson, when Luton crossed that goal when Dalworthy yeah. caught one. Just yes. close your man down. Yeah. Now that's got nothing to do with a play, where you want to play. Just, just, and that's what I'm kind of. Should be organic.
3: But, Should be a natural instinct.
4: Yeah, but mm-hmm. like stats don't show that. So this is what I'm saying. So it's like we've just got it. A lot of things have gone wrong from the club. All the stuff about the flags and the start of the season. We didn't start great. There's Burnley mm. released more statements, than we scored goals at the start of the season, and it was just, and it's just, it's been a, just a whole mess, and it's you feel it's got to this point now where everyone's just annoyed, and you know we're talking, you know, it's frustration, and yeah, we
3: want it over it, now, don't we? You know, you you'll point
4: holes in different parts of it, and you're not gonna feel connection when you when you've got twelve, thirteen, what are we on thirteen points all season? It, yeah. it was funny, yeah, so many week, defeats. Yeah, we <laughs> the footballs on the other day, and uh, I can't remember what it was. The table come up. It was the top half and the bottom half. And Kira went, "Me Mitch went, you're actually only on 13 points in 23 (laughs) games." I didn't realise you were that bad. All right, (laughs)
0: thanks, Mrs. (laughs)
4: John.
0: There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
3: Picking just back up on one thing then, and this, I don't mean this to sound confrontational, but I'm just trying to think about what I need from these players just to get us all back on, because we're going to go down, I think it's. Pretty clear, Um, and it's going to be a miserable end to the season. So, just trying to now do what we can to build those bridges between players and fans. Let's let's go back to the old regime. Sorry, no. Let's look back to the. Let's not go back. Let's look back to the old regime. What was it about that group of players? Because they did under under those seasons, particularly the season we went down, we hardly won any games. Under dash, we were always striving for seventeenth, and a lot of the seasons we just got there. But we never felt we felt frustrated, and we felt you know different challenges in a season. But we always felt very connected to that group of players. So what was what was the like what was the well, difference? they did it
5: before though? They said they have credit End. in the bank. Like you know Ashley Westwood. So Jack it's the court. it's the familiarity yeah, they, of the players. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, and I, that's what I, my point was from when I said if it was the same group from last season, they sort of have that credit in the bank where it's like yeah, yeah. okay they're not quite good enough. We can stick by it though. yeah, and, I and they did graft. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like I think that's what the connection was between the, the Sean Dyche days is that we knew we lacked quality. We always like quality on the Dyche. It was very frustrating, but you, you can never deny the effort and the. Well, it, it was there every week. They always ran and
3: yeah, yeah. You know they
5: always did the ugly side really well, and you know we might ball on the wrong side of a 50-50 game like, more often than not, but then we got on the right side of them and it was those results that kept us up as like if we got battered on the Dyke, you knew full well there'd be a, re- a reaction a week after and we yeah. get a big result like we'd lose some of, like, I don't know, like at home to Palace and it's like, oh shit, we got like Arsenal away next week and then we got so and so and so and so and then so. we get like four points out of three difficult games or something it's yeah, like yeah
3: yeah
5: you see a reaction all the time is with this burnley team it's just the same shit every week
3: yeah we've not it's put like, we not put a result together i
5: like although i've never seen a reaction i've never seen a single reaction from this burnley no. team and this company said oh yeah i saw a team that was passionate and fight against fulham we had two lucky breaks
2: Yeah. we were
5: under the cosh for 80 minutes and we had and two lucky breaks and the second was a mistake Fulham's naivety. yeah yeah it and was, Fulham's it was naivety, a mistake yeah like People said that governments made a difference. Governments did make a difference, to be fair. He helped us in a little mm. bit, but we were so sh**. We were rubbish. Really, yeah. we awful. I, I, I was. I nearly left at half-time, and I was like, "I don't think I'm going to come on again." And then it got to the 60th I minute. Can't and I, showed, I can't do it. So I have to stay. <laughs> yeah, and it got to the 60th minute, and I'm like, "Why am I still here?" Me me and Rich will be the
3: last ones out, switch the lights out. Me and Rich will never leave early (laughs) and we'll never not go. We'll be like, nope, we're still here.
5: (laughs) Yeah, and then... I didn't even celebrate the two goals because it's like, but, oh, I did. Uh, Richard said, it no, the I nice. did. Not, yeah. it was a crack, I was like, I am no way I'm celebrating it. Doesn't
3: matter. It. I, I couldn't help it. I just, I couldn't help it. I just, I was, I literally, I cheered massively when the equalizer went in. I was on my feet, jumping up and down. I think I like... was
5: more delighted for for, for, uh, for Farna, to be fair.
3: Yeah. Okay. Well, let's stick with that because what I wanted to come on to next was, uh, before we finish this off, is the impact of the three new signings who ended the game. With all three of them on the pitch, um, the whole point of a January transfer window is either to uh, plug holes in a gap left by long-term injuries or strengthen areas that are weak. We didn't get a left back, um, again, um, but what we did get is a strong right back, which has enabled us to move Vatiniu over to left back rather than playing a centre half out of position, um, and bring um. The th- so the three new players at the point that they were on the pitch together. That's when things started to improve. So I'm mm. going to come on to the two defenders with Rich. Let's stick with you for now, Robby. Fafana. Can we get a situation where we can play Foster and Fafana at the same time? Cause that
5: to me would it be... happened on Saturday, didn't it?
3: Yeah, but Fofana it could be. Fafana played it didn't that quite, 10 roll. Yeah, didn't he? I was going to say can we keep Fafana in that 10 roll, drop Amduni potentially, who a lot of people are suggesting needs a rest. Um and play them both together. Will that work in longer spells of the game, do we think?
5: I, I mean
3: Can't be any worse, I guess. We,
5: yeah, but, I mean we won't know until we try it. Yeah. You know, we could we could try it and field them and be pretty down after half an hour and it would uh, really not work. But we we'll do that but, anyway. Uh, yeah. And, but,
3: but he he's got yeah, shades I mean, of definitely... teller, right? He's he's another Teller. I think, Nathan I think
5: teller. that's the squad number, isn't it? No, it's not. Mean. It's the smile. I <laughs> no,
3: it is. No, a lot of people were suggesting that he definitely fills that Nathan Teller-shaped hole that um, has been missing since we did get promoted. And I, you're right, I don't know how much of that is um, just the squad number and just any form of pace whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally speaking, though, we should be really pleased with his progress and excited about what he can do for the rest of the season.
5: Yeah. Yeah. He I didn't watch the City I, I, I saw the goal obviously at City and he's obviously very strong low centre of gravity um, obviously got that strikers instinct as well to get in front of like a yes. defender which we saw against Fulham I think that's what maybe Lyle Foster lacks a little bit, I think Foster's like mm. a threat in behind, he's got a pace to like, you know, play yeah, on the true. shoulder and stuff but I do think he lacks that sort of that sort of penalty box sort of instinct where it's, you know where you, can you get in front of the defender and just like Product it in, which for fine did against Fulham.
3: Good. Rich defenders. Yeah, We've I thought now... the did well. Yeah. Also
4: oh, gone.
3: I was just gonna say, from a centre half perspective, we're back to another formation. This time, uh, weirdly it was Ekdal that was brought off rather than O'Shea. He preferred to go with O'Shea and E. Steve. Um yeah. <laughs> Steve. Um but actually I'm gonna stand up for O'Shea here. I thought those two by the end of the game would gelling pretty well.
4: I thought they mm. looked strong. Yeah, Estev played well when he came on. You, you can you can tell he's a better quality player.
3: Yeah. Just
4: It's yeah. just simple. You can tell him in five minutes of watching. Eric Dalton, he's a good player. He's a good defender but he lacks pace.
3: Yeah.
2: And
4: O'Shea lacks pace and he goes back to then mm-hmm. you play a ridiculously yeah, high, high line. line. I, I think you it helps. And, that, and that's where um... it's frustrating. You know, so you've, you've got, you've got, you're asking lads to do stuff that they can't do. Mm. Um, Go on,
5: go on, Rob. You were going to say something. Like... Yeah, I, I think run. I think he, I think it he helped that it's, it's Steve. we we'll call him Steve. Okay, I think yeah. call him Steve. <laughs> Is that how
3: you pronounce it? Steve. Is that how we pronounce S-dev. it? I'm going to call him Steve.
5: No, I'm going go with Steve. Yeah. I'm, I'm going with, the, with it the release. Yeah, I think it helps that he's generally left-footed. Yes. That I've got. We've played with right-footed. Like I think uh, our whole back four, pretty much most of the season, has been like sort of right-footed. And I yeah. think he really likes balance, especially when you're trying to play out. Um, so we we're always like relying on like Charlie Taylor's to obviously was left footed to sort of add a bit of balance. But when your two centre backs are right footed and you're trying to play out, I think it gets a little bit awkward when he you know, when you have to have a certain body shape and receive the ball in certain areas and stuff like that. Like O'Shea's is not particularly great with his left foot. I think Bayer's pretty strong. I think he played on the left when like um Alder Keel's been on uh, his side and stuff, but yeah, you can tell that Estev is Left-footed, and he's got a really good, really yeah. cultured left foot. I think, and it's he looks like he's aggressive as well. So he, if he needs to start step up, he's physically quite strong, and I think that's what maybe what we've lacked as well all
4: season.
3: So I I think it's fair to say we probably those th- the three new signings yeah. are starters. yeah they will make a difference
4: like you starters? know you see. They've got, I think, Asanya and obviously Asanya will be or wantless, what, whatever you call it, uh, come into the team and um, he did well. I sound like my dad, though. Um, <laughs> I was just going to say. dad's that. This <laughs> with his players. So is mine. Um, so is mine. I mean, so am um, mine, to be
3: fair. Oh. Yeah,
4: so, um, yeah, I, I thought the fullback look really could just, again, you could tell the the difference in yeah. quality. To be fair, we'd be better off with a corner flag at fullback with Batinio. You know, just runs about like an headless chicken, doesn't it? Do yeah. you uh, think it was a mistake? So do you think it was a mistake and
3: send in sending Connor Roberts?
4: I, I'd rather, I, I I don't think Roberts is good enough for the Premier League, but I think no. Roberts is better than Batina no. I, I think he's a bit more solid and it reads the game a bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we can go into the old debacle about a left back, and but. To me, Vettino shouldn't be. But anyway, but like, if we can, I don't know what's up with Bayer, but if we can get Bayer about fit with, a, I think Bayer will be a lot better with Estev because yeah, so he is I. a good defender. He struggled a bit physically and whatnot this year, but I think he'll be better. And that Estev, he just looks a leader. He come on and he actually took the game by the scuff of the neck a little bit. Something went missing. to play the ball a little bit quicker out the back. Oh, to be fair to O'Shea he has got better, but he's not good enough. It's just no. as simple as that. No, he's just not. not good enough for this.
3: And it's not his fault, and I'm not no, going to give it's not him his thought, you know. It's
4: yeah. just, just you not. know what? he's got better, and he'll give under. What I'll say is, we talk about players; he will give hundred percent. He does try. So I'm not yeah. going to knock him. He's just not good enough. He's just as simple as that. Yeah. To be fair I to O'Shea think... you know, he gives hundred percent, but he's not good enough. So, and that's where we're at with, with them too.
5: Yeah,
4: I think with Daryl O'Shea it's not helped that he's had like so many different
5: partners. Yeah, like so one the well, like it's that. Baer, then it's like, then it's the Kill and then the Kill had a bad game and he disappeared off for another six weeks. Eckdow comes in and struggles, and then you go back to like Bayer. Bayer gets injured and then Eckdowl comes back
4: in.
0: And Taylor's and out it, injured. And bit, Taylor's yeah. out and
5: it's yeah. yeah, it's not helps at all. But yeah, I, I yeah, I think And some of Daryl, that's Vincent could re- tinkering
3: as well, which has been really difficult. Mm. He seemed to be he seemed to decide the strategy at the beginning of the season was that the squad rotation was was the way that you played yeah. in, in the Premier League, and it was the pet. I way just of... think
4: that's because he didn't know his best team. I don't think he wanted to rotate. Yeah. I don't think he had actually. And this is the other thing about signing loads of players. It yeah. took him
3: yeah.
4: half a season to find his best players in the Championship, and you get away with that more at that yeah. level, and yeah, then you that's rip really it up point. again, mm-hmm. and yeah. you don't get the t- you, you you get punished more in the Prem, and then confidence goes down, and it's just. Just been a vicious cycle, on it this season. There's just we can't do it
3: again next year. We cannot, reasons. we've got to learn from this season, Rich.
4: Yeah, if we, you know, we do There's Listen, there's going to be a very good when you watch the championship, there's some poor teams down there, so we're, we're going to be up there again. No matter, and yeah, if we, if although we it's a strong
3: the championship, there's about six really good yeah, sides, especially that...
4: if maybe like Everton go down as well. You know, they'll be strong in the championship. Yeah, it's going to be strong. Um, but I think that's maybe I think a big indictment. Is that we're so far behind Luton of our bad. And that Luton's, bothers oh, me. Luton's been fine. This isn't, Luton's got better and better. No, Luton's done great. You, you can't have a direct comparison. And I think Luton's recruited really well. You look how well Barkley's done. Uh, you know, but what, what what Luton did was they kept the core of the team and they recruited yeah. around it. And we should have, mm. them three signed the three loan lads should have been our first three signings. And I think we should have yeah. got them. People maybe yeah. say about Howard oh, Bellis, I still think he's better right. than what we've got, mm-hmm. to be honest. We, we tried uh, with
3: Matson though. I don't think the club... The club can't take playing for sure Surely Mattson. they could have
4: got him earlier in the summer and then he wanted to stay. This
3: but he never wanted I, to. He wanted to stay at Chelsea from day one. He wanted to fight for his place.
4: Maybe. I and Chelsea... I,
3: I, I, You probably, know... know. Again, anyway, can go around the world with this. Yeah. That, yeah. No, I agree. Way, but... I think yeah, Teller was a bad mistake. That was bad.
5: Yeah. You can understand... You know, we obviously had a valuation for Teller, which it felt like we had a verbal agreement with Southampton and then they, you know, moved a post on it. So you can understand why they could go, nah, stuff it will go elsewhere then and hope that Southampton sort of come back. So I think that's what, I think it was, a, 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 again, like cat and mouse and who's going to go first. I yeah, think yeah. we were refusing to meet Southampton's new valuation while they were sort of happy to, keep him for as long as they possibly could. You know, by a Leverkusen come in. Even if it was us had an offer etc. and by Leverkusen, I still think he got to Leverkusen anyway, because that's such a you can't turn that down. No, nope. um, no, he can't. I agree. But yeah, he just to, the squad overhaul thing again, I, I think, think it, all it needed was just one or two extra lads. You yeah. know, you brought in like Zeki He's still. He still, you know, still and have some left hand side. Yeah, Birch that's yeah. all it needed, and then yeah. another centre half alongside Bayer, whether it was Harbour Bellis or even Daryl Shea, whatever it doesn't matter. It
4: just even two or three.
2: Yeah, that said but though, some like, of reason...
4: we're playing. So good. I'm saying we're playing Ramsey on the wing. You you cannot tell me Ramsey he's is He is not better than Benton Azurri. No, he's not. Yeah. No way. You know whether Benton Who knows whether Benton Azurri would have been good enough? But they've not even been given the opportunity. And this is what Robbie was saying before. They've not been given the opportunity to show and and, no. and fight and, and show that they're good enough. Yeah, it's um,
3: frustrating. And now you know what now he's gone, yeah. Zaruri's gone to uh, where's he gone?
4: Benson, oh. Zeruri, and Robert can't good. come yes. back into this team next season, if company. No. I can't see how that missing maybe it will, and football's purely a business, and all of a sudden footballers are like fans to fickle, aren't they? And uh, oh, yeah. You know, if they start playing again, and maybe it's all forgotten about, and the love fest will continue again, but it's going to be hard to integrate those three back in. You know, yeah. back into the squad for next season. Uh, you know, yeah, there's been too much uh, bridges burned there. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not too sure. Yeah. Like people talk about who we're going to sell, who's going to want a lot of our players really. You look yeah. at Foster, Foster, uh, Burge, and I'm doing we'll other. Maybe Osho with his injury, but you know, not not many mm-hmm. teams are going to be queuing up for lads, are they? Yeah. I just look at three signings, which we spent the best part of fifty million on Ramsey, Trafford, and Trezor. We didn't. That has been a colossal. Listen, Trafford, I still you, no, I think don't Trafford's. Know,
3: but... I still think Trafford's going to come good. I just think he's. I hope, I hope.
4: so. But like you look at signing Ramsey, I'd rather Ramsey gone on loan in Zaruri. Yeah, yeah,
3: because you know, yeah, Ramsey yeah. is yeah. not.
4: You can argue. Is he? You know, Tom just thinks he's completely not trying. I, I'm. I'm. I'm not so sure these lads aren't trying. I just think the. <laughs> I just think the rabbits in headlights. I just think the young yeah. kids in a in a big boys league, and the games going. You know, you go up a level. You know, you know we played football and mm-hmm. you go up a level. I have You know, I remember playing a game of football when I went up a level, and the game was just mm-hmm. passing me by. And I, I think that's what's happening to some of our lads this year. I don't think it's a lack of effort or not wanting to play.
3: Yeah. You know,
4: and, and Ra- I don't think Ramsey doesn't want to try for Burnley. You he seems a really good lad, and a you know, and everything when he did his interview yeah. as well. I just think he's not ready yet, and yeah, Amduni has some nice touches, but then he goes missing because the game plays so quick. And you've got mm-hmm. beasts like Paulinha playing against you, who are Portuguese mm-hmm. internationals, and they're playing for Fulham. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of where we're at a little bit for me at the moment. And you look at somebody we've tried to copy, like a Brighton's model. But what Brighton do is they sign the young players, but they also get experienced players too you know they sign the Milner, yeah. Welbeck, Lalana. Like they still got that like,
5: core there as well at Bright. still got like um, Lewis dunks and uh, Sonny March and Gross. Yeah, uh, the, the and, line and, has uh, been there. Yeah, Gross was there on the cut, and so that core is still there.
4: Yeah, and then, yeah, exactly. they just sort of
5: like yeah, bring in two or three, they sort of send them out on loan. They'll sell one for big money, and then that player's already in the building, so it's like already integrated in, and it just it's absolutely flawless there. And I think we, I think we're trying to rush it. Uh, I think at Bright, it took them like six, seven mm-hmm. years. Yeah, that's
4: it.
3: Yeah, that's that's the theme of it. They're rushing it and we're just not ready. Well, that Mm. is all we have time for this week. My thanks as ever go to everybody who has contributed to this episode, to my colleagues Rich and uh, Robert for being with us on the show tonight, to producer Matt, to Adam, Charlotte, George, everybody else, Tom, um, Statman Dave, everybody else in the team who contribute um, to the content that we put forward in this. Please do subscribe. You can turn on notifications if you're watching this show via our YouTube channel. Or if you're listening to the podcast, please click that subscribe button through your usual provider. We will be back on Friday with the preview show looking ahead to the slightly daunting task of Liverpool at Anfield and um, keep an eye on socials for that to be announced I've been Natalie Bromley this has been the Known and Ever podcast until next time the Known and Never podcast is brought to you in association with the Talk Sport Fan Network our host and editor is Natalie Bromley and the show is produced by Matt Moss our resident statistician is
2: Dave Roberts and our FPL expert is Adam Dennett The analysis show team is collectively Tom Whitaker, Rich Steele, George Poole, Charlotte Rigby and
3: Adam Dennett. Our music is provided by George Gaskell and our newsletter team is headed up by Jamie Smith. If you don't already, you can subscribe to our newsletter by visiting nonanever.substack.com. Thanks as ever go to our partners, TalkSport. We are proud to be associated with the TalkSport
2: Fan Network.